Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, and welcome to the Syrupcast. If you're tuning into the Syrupcast for the first time, it's a podcast by Mobile Syrup, Canada's largest independent tech site, in which we look back at the week that was in Canadian telecom and tech news. This is episode 171. We're recording it on Thursday, June 7th, 2018, election day here in Ontario. Woo! Woo! That is the voice of one very special guest, friend of the podcast, and freelance tech reporter, Josh, no relation to Mitch McConnell. Josh, how are you? Holla, that is me. And immediately after we record, uh, I'm going to go vote. Yes. So we'll see how it goes. But at least I know I can't complain because mm-hmm. I voted. And thankfully, you don't have any relatives in the election. This is true. Yeah. Yes. So I am clean slate. I can just go and either check or X. Mm-hmm. I always forget until I get in there and then it tells me what X. I can do. Oh, I it's know next. because there I went go. and voted today. Excellent. Yes. There you go. <laughs> um, we also have joining us on the phone, perhaps from Toronto, or maybe he's in San Jose. Who knows? We'll have to find out. Uh, we have Patrick O'Rourke, Managing Editor here at Mobile Sierra. Pat, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm tired, but but I'm back. It's, it's good to not be in San Jose anymore. Right. And the reason Pat was in San Jose when he was at uh, WWDC 2018, that is Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference, otherwise known affectionately as Dub Dub. Dub Dub. Uh, Pat, start us off with how was Dub Dub? Um, it was interesting. Uh, usually, there's some form of hardware shown off during the keynote. Uh, last couple of years that I've covered covered it, there's always been at least something. This year, there wasn't. It was very focused on software, so we got to see iOS 12, TVOS 12, all the new operating systems, um, which was cool. But you could kind of tell that what media at least really wanted to see was some sort of new hardware. So folks, before we get to talking to about iOS 12, not 11, 12, uh, and uh, Mac OS Mojave, um, I just want to point out that this is our second take doing this. And to Patrick's amazing credit, he like literally did the exact same intro word for word, which I, in my life, could not manage so props to you it's honestly it's because he is an ai driven robot yes Uh, like i've suspected this about pat my entire life but now i (laughs) know it's true i'm a robot from detroit (laughs) the video game that is a deep cut um so um ios 12 uh the new 11 um i think it's fair to say the biggest feature without a doubt is Memoji, uh, move over Samsung. And if I can just point out, this was an interesting theme of uh, WWDC 2018 was like Fitbit, move over, Samsung, move over, Facebook, mm. move over. We'll get to overarching themes later, but Memoji first. Pat, is it going to change my life? Is it going to be, is it going to take the bad taste of AR emoji away? 
they're cool and mm-hmm. they work um and they they're pretty pretty customizable and diverse uh but again it's only going to be the iPhone 10 right at least until we see whatever Apple's revealing in September where I'm sure all these features will trickle down mm-hmm. um but if you're directly comparing them to Samsung's Air emoji there's there's like no contest at all mm-hmm. Air emoji are uh positively trash to, uh, <laughs> heard it here the, first the positively trash um, <laughs> that's the headline of my review um and also they seem like first of all the fact that they're kind of in the same style as um an emoji where they're like very cute um i think does like a world of wonders they're not that like nightmare fuel that is ar emoji do you agree uh yeah. pat yeah they kind of reminded me of um Samsung, uh, not Samsung, Microsoft's Xbox 360 mm. Xbox Live avatars. Yeah, mm. they're sort of not quite as cartoony as Nintendo's Mii's. They have like a little bit of realism to them, um, but they don't go through that uncanny valley that uh, Samsung's Air emoji were hitting. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know how popular they're going to be. I think an emoji kind of has a little bit of a following at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was like a cool new little addition to sort of that feature set. And it should be noted, tongue detection as well. That's where I was going. That's true. And that was Ooh. revolutionary. Sorry. Oh, the sex are going to get really good now, right? <laughs> like it's going to hit <laughs> Uncanny Valley, <laughs> right? I, one of one of the craziest things there was, um, I think it was the unicorn and emoji mm-hmm. has a tongue, and the tongue is like purple and sparkly. And nice. during a briefing that I went to, they actually talked about the tongue for, I don't know, like a minute. That's funny. <laughs> Which That's is good. really weird. If it works for a Starbucks Frappuccino, it works for the tongue. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I love this weird apple. Give me more yeah. of it. Um, moving on, there are two new emoji. We got the tiger. And what was the other one? Oh, the, oh actually, there's two more. There's a koala bear. Koala bear. And a dinosaur. And a dinosaur, too. And a ghost. Too. Oh, and yeah, the ghost. ghost. Yes. So four altogether. Four. Wow. The ghost is pretty sick. Yeah. I, I really was a big fan of the ghost. He was cool. Um, or she. Mm, mm, the koala bear's ears move, which is kind of cool. Just It's almost distracting. You just kind of look at it and they flop around. And yeah. Real physics is all I'm asking for in an, an emoji. And not yeah. just that, but now there's going to be um, an emoji and memoji in FaceTime and mm. group FaceTime with up to 32 people. Oh my God, you can have your wonderful party with everyone's just going to be an animoji like this is the future i don't think i have 32 friends but if i did and they all had iphone i would definitely test that feature. yes yeah uh yeah i feel the <laughs> like limiting factor here is like as an older person how do you get 32 people in the same video mm. chat at the same time yeah i don't think i even know 32 people <laughs> exactly exactly this but, is for the teens yeah but in all seriousness though like it is well, first of all, on Twitter, that was a huge thing. Like people mm-hmm. were like, "Finally, group FaceTime," and so I think it's something everyone's wanted. Now we're getting, and frankly, it's going to be a good competitor to Skype and and other ones mm-hmm. because you don't necessarily have to have an iPhone. You can have an iPad or just a Mac. And a lot of there are a lot of places, at least you know, in tech and stuff, that use Mac as their main computers and as well mm-hmm. as students. So. Yes, you you have to have an Apple device for it to work, but I really don't think it's going to be a problem. I think it is going to be huge, not just on a personal level, but I do think it's going to get business pickup. Yeah, and I, I watched the. I, Sorry, I go ahead, Pat. Quick, yeah, sure. I watched a quick demonstration of how it works, and it it was actually different than I expected. Um, so when you're in one of those massive like 32 people conversations, 
the people that you're talking to kind of like float down the screen mm. um, as, as like Skype bubbles. And then when someone's speaking, they become larger. And then when they're not speaking, they kind of fade to the background and go back to this uh, sort of um, roulette roll of people that's going down across the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to do a video call, but it was, I, I appreciated that it was different. Like it didn't look exactly like mm-hmm. Skype, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two things I'll say. One, in the keynote, it was cool when uh, Tim Cook was the koala bear because one, also his like Texan accent kind of came out more than it normally yeah. does. Yeah. Um, I think he just used his own emoji, didn't he? Or did he use a koala bear? I can't he remember. Was, he he was like, it was either him or like, I want to say Phil Schiller, but yeah. it wasn't Somebody Phil did it. Yeah. Somebody did it, yeah. Someone turned into a koala bear. Um, two, I think like it's very easy to like look at, oh, like an emoji and memoji in um, in FaceTime. This is stupid, right? But like I think for parents who are talking with their kids and stuff, like or grandparents and stuff, this is like a really, it's like a way you can engage them in the conversation that's really fun and then mm. spend more quality time, right? And frankly, mm. there are those that might be, they might just not like the idea of video chat. Like it's just awkward to them. They don't yeah. want to see their face on the screen. So here's a way they can just kind of still participate, but be behind it. And yes, it's kind of, it might look cartoony and kind of mm-hmm. goofy, but for them, it might be just a little bit of a mask they can hide behind, but mm-hmm. still be, participate. Totally. They're also just, fun right like mm. if you think they're stupid you don't have to use them yeah um but the underlying technology that powers them uh i always argue is is impressive and this is a cool way to show off that, that mm-hmm. uh so one of the kind of really interesting things um for me personally anyway was the fact that they announced that um uh, ios 12 is going to work with devices back to the iphone 5s mm. i believe uh the last time i checked yeah it's going to turn five years old this uh, September, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously, Craig to Dad uh, Federighi was like, <laughs> "Look at the adoption of Android. Yeah. It's so pitiful." Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, every every WWDC, same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, any takes on this beyond like, great, like these devices are getting and performance improvements. So mm-hmm. uh, Federighi said, um, apps. Uh, launch 40% faster and photos take uh, 70 or photo you can take photos 70% faster and then I believe the keyboard slides up 50% faster mm-hmm. um, all pretty awesome things if you own an older iOS device mm-hmm. yeah and for me like I think it's a big deal it's one of those things that it's like a catch-22 this is something that should be a thing already mm-hmm. like your older devices if it's gonna run like work with them to perform mm-hmm. a bit better because it is more taxing on that hardware so you shouldn't alienate your your older crowd mm-hmm. uh, other manufacturers and, and they don't do that mm-hmm. at least not near as far back so Apple's already been really good at that uh, but this is extending that even further um, but the the catch-22 part is I do realize like it's an engineering task to do that it mm-hmm. is and so it's it's kudos to them in my opinion willing to take that on and uh, However, it's clearly also a bit of a move just because of some of the recent history with mm-hmm. the battery's performance and so on. So it's kind of saying, like, no, don't worry. Like, we're going to work on this. Yeah. So so it's good that they're acknowledging it and they're doing it. And it is tough engineering-wise. But on the flip side, it's something that should already be a thing if you're saying that you're going to support the older devices. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, there's also something to be said about, like, the 5S is still a great device. Mm. Um, you know, it's certainly, I think, among iPhones is probably my favorite that they've released in the last little while. Um, and I think between 
the battery replacement and this, you'll have like a great device for like at least another year, if not more. Uh-huh. Um, so Pat, you were also uh, series shortcuts. That's like a really interesting thing that's coming to, and you were briefed on this. So do you want to tell us a bit more about series shortcuts? Yeah. Um, so they're interesting, but I think that's what I called them in my headline. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the type of thing that you need to get in your hands and try out first. There's this mix of uh, if this, then that, and Google Assistant. Um, so they, they're going to work in a couple of different ways. Um, some, uh, it, it was also strange kind of how they explained it. So um, Siri will sometimes suggest these shortcuts based on stuff that you're doing. So if every day you're ordering um, a coffee through whatever app, whether it's Starbucks or not, um, I don't know if it's actually going to support Siri uh, shortcuts. I'm just going to use it as an example. Um, Siri shortcuts will kind of prompt you uh, and ask you if you want to order that coffee. Um, but then you can also set these up yourself, and they're kind of linking different actions together to get to one end goal in the same way that you would with if, if this, then that. Um, they showed off a bunch of different examples uh, in the hands-on thing that I went to, but the big one was um, someone who wants to go surfing in the morning, like the most California example ever. <laughs> uh, so they would say a specific command to Siri that they had preset up, like, I'm going surfing. And then Siri would give them traffic information, um, tell them specifically how long it would take to get to wherever they were going surfing. Um, and then on top of that, uh, it would also give you the weather and the wind and, like, the water temperature and stuff. So it's, like, it's things that Google Assistant already does so it's kind of like google assistant but then you're also able to set these up manually yourself if mm. there's like a specific thing that you want um to happen mm. and um, I, th- I think that's the key part too because you know yes siri's been kind of right on a bit and yes google assistant is more useful overall or, or alexa because they have this large skills database but that's still kind of um, you have to use what developers have made already. And mm-hmm. frankly, when this was announced, I'm like, oh, like that makes sense. And I did not at all expect to see it come from from Apple or Siri. And I think it's pretty cool that you can at least kind of make what you want out of it and, and make these shortcuts. So it's and I mean, there, there, there are routines, like Alexa has routines, Google mm. Assistant has routines. You Fair. can kind of do the same thing. Fair. Um, I think that maybe... Uh, Siri shortcuts might be slightly more capable, more intuitive, easier to kind of throw these things together. Because I don't really know anyone who uses routines with Google Assistant. Um, do either of you guys use them ever? I, I've never even like thought about setting one up. No, I, I don't. I know they're there, but I, I don't have any set up. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I thought about like, hey, like setting up my, um, so I'm waiting for a Sonos to finally get the Google Assistant update. And then I was thinking like, yeah, it'd be great if like I set alarm to my Sonos one and yeah, then told me idea. like, like what's the temperature today? And mm-hmm. like, that would be like a useful one, but I don't know yeah. if I'd use it beyond anything uh, than that. Yeah. I suppose that could be just like an issue of not having enough imagination with, or not even knowing what like kind of routines you're capable of making mm-hmm. right yeah like i do scenes for philips hue mm-hmm. where you do a bunch of things with one command but that's kind of the extent that i did mm-hmm. before um i did want to ask you uh josh do you get the sense that um you know like are is apple doing enough now to catch up with google like is there what is your sense of the company and how they view all of this ai stuff and mm. Um, where they see the competition and where they need to be. I think still right at 
at its current state, the other assistants are more useful, frankly. Mm -hmm. I, there are some things I'll get surprised on where I'm like, oh, Siri does have some more information. Like, So, for example, if I'm saying, like, hey, what was the, the score in the Warriors game last night? It mm -hmm. will give me the score, but then it will also tell me the series is now at, you know, 3 nothing or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas Assistant doesn't do that. It just gives me the score. That's it. You have mm -hmm. to kind of, like, dig for the more information. So I find there's a couple things where Siri will give me more information than I was expecting. But otherwise, I definitely Apple's been playing a bit of catch-up in terms of being more useful, integrating in more products. Mm -hmm. um, I think, honestly, I think the shortcuts is a great way for them to kind of play a bit of that catch-up in its own mm -hmm. way. Of course, you, you know, it depends on how many HomeKit devices come out for the smart home stuff and, and the, that kind of support. Um, it's not as you know, everywhere as Assistant and Alexa is still. But I think there's, there's, they're on the right track. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, you can tell it's just they're still kind of working on, on building up Siri, though. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it still is going to take a bit of time. Yeah. Um, it'd be great to get both your opinions on this, but I think what was somewhat refreshing about this WDC was uh, that there was no duplex-like demo, right? Where mm. it was like this very... Uh, dystopian thing and it was more just like these are the things we need to work on it's you know they were very adamant about the fact that I mean they didn't address iOS 11 and the kind of the launch of iOS 11 in direct terms and also actually um, the previous Mac OS right um, you know for the longest time people were telling you on tech Twitter like don't upgrade to the new iOS huh. um, so it was kind of refreshing to see Apple like take a step back and like this is the update that focuses on performance enhancements, mm. on stability fixes, and other bug fixes. So, any yeah, thoughts? That was a, yeah. That was, yeah, totally. That was a running theme that I definitely saw. Like even the briefings that I went to, everything was stability focused. Mm -hmm. With, um, I guess I would describe as cool new features that Apple says users have been asking for. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think in some ways it's kind of a a play to answer to that criticism. Um, that Apple's been receiving lately, but also uh, with all the negative press that Apple got related to the, the battery fiasco, kind of being like, hey, we we care about our customers, these are things we're asking for, so we're actually going to give it to them this time, mm -hmm. um, which is great to see. It's kind of a, a shift at the company. Um, mm. I'm hoping it continues and that just the, this wasn't like a one-time thing. Uh, but yeah, it was Stability was definitely a thing. Like, that's what half of my thing about iOS 12 was about. Um, and that was a big part of macOS Mojave um, when I sat through a uh, demonstration of it as well. Mm -hmm. um, another big feature that's coming is enhancements to uh, the Photos app. Um, and a lot of what we saw here was attempting to kind of match what Google Photos has become. And I think it's fair to say, I don't know, Josh, do you use Google Photos on your iPhone as well? I do, yeah. Right. And I think... Um, Every time I introduce an iPhone user to Photos, they always message me back and say, Google Photos, that is. Mm. They tell me, like, where has this app been my entire life, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Specifically because of the kind of space-saving features, right? There's still people with 16-gigabyte iPhones, um, and those photos are starting to hurt them. Um, and a lot of the enhancements we saw here, you know, like, it is all about enhancing the search functionality of Photos. It is about adding more robust sharing features, um, having seen these updates, do you see yourself going back to using uh, Apple Photos or iOS Photos? Uh -huh. Or is this kind of a thing in which 
unfortunately for Apple, Google has like kind of won that. Uh, and it's kind of just ignorance of certain iOS users mm. that's keeping them on photos, right? Actually, I had that exact thought mm -hmm. after some of these new enhancements and everything. I'm like, oh, because I, I also, so I do two things. It's backed up to Google Photos, mm -hmm. but I do actually drop my, all my photos onto my iMac, which then goes to like a backup, like an actual backup. Because, mm -hmm. you know, after so long, you have unlimited you know, through Google Photos, unlimited storage to a certain... 16 gig megapixels. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So you want to kind of keep... I want to keep those originals just for that reason. So I still keep the originals, but now I'm kind of like, I want to test this whole new way of doing photos again with iOS. Not new, but, you know, new features and everything. So mm. I kind of... Yeah, I've been actually thinking about, oh, maybe it's time to drop some more photos back into the iCloud photo library and mm. just see what does this beast do again. Uh, and because it does seem to be a lot more similar to go Google Photos, and and I want to see, okay, how is it compare? Because my understanding is you get the full resolution through iCloud Photo mm -hmm. Library. I'm pretty sure, um, because you're you know as part of your phone, you're paying for it. Well, you're paying also for the storage and the itself, storage. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so yeah. So to answer your question, I definitely am considering it, and and I don't know whether I'm going to drop all my photos right away or just do a bit, mm -hmm. but I definitely want it throw enough at them to let you know the machine learning and ai do its thing so i can actually properly compare mm -hmm. uh pat uh did you get a chance to use it and what are your thoughts on all this it was part of uh like a brief section of one of the briefings that i attended mm -hmm. um i mean i've i've never really used google photos or apple photos i've always used lightroom to back up to back up like any photography that i actually care about that i shot with my dslr mm -hmm. um I don't know if I really need to be doing that anymore because I think these platforms are almost somewhat as capable in terms of logging and organizing your photos. Uh, but the one thing that stood out for me with Apple Photos was uh, the sharing features now. Mm -hmm. um, I don't specifically remember exactly how they all worked, but during the demonstration, it seemed pretty intuitive, like how you could just drag and drop photos and share them with specific members of your family. Mm -hmm. um, and is that something that Google Photos was already capable of? Right, so I, I don't do too much sharing on Google Photos, so hmm. let me just preface uh, what I'm about to say with that. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure it gives you suggestions because it has the facial recognition feature, right? And it's okay. like, that's like the yeah. kind of like, it's constantly log, like it has, you know, you can go into Google Photos and it's really good at picking out like, here are all the photos of this person right in your life right mm. whether it's your one of your family members or your friends mm. um and so i think that was already kind of built into google photos mm. kind, be kind of like google drive in the sense that you can even pick yeah. and choose like you can edit you can't you can just view and, right. and that sort of thing too right so i'm sure so, I mean, yeah sorry I, go again, ahead again again this is just apple playing catch-up right, but it's catch-up in a good way where I'm mm. sure this is feature, a feature that people have been asking. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. Yeah, if you if you don't know about Google Photos, these photo these enhancements are gonna be awesome. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. a win-win, right? Um yeah. so in a very interesting announcement, 
There's going to be Google Maps and Waze for CarPlay. This was m- mind-blowing, like as big of an admission, I think, as we've seen that Apple Maps is not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> yes. Um, um, I mean, this, this is long overdue. Like, mm-hmm. I, it should have launched like that. Um, I've only used uh, CarPlay a couple of times, but it blew my mind that I wasn't able to use Waze with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just couldn't fathom, like I didn't understand why that was the case. And I know it's the whole Apple closed ecosystem, but like, um, it, it didn't make sense because it's it's an app running on on their platform in the same way that apps run on iOS, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, for those that drive vehicles and, and care about CarPlay, that was positively massive. Mm. Yeah, I think, like, really, when it comes down to it, this is just a win for consumers, right? Yeah, and yeah. like the option, like, because I don't have a car but when i rent cars off there's often carplay is in there and mm-hmm. and i can see some benefits and and so because of that i don't have a car i have to preface this i don't know exactly how using google maps in the car work and so on but there are cool features in the sense like you know when you park a car apple maps will like put a pin there and say this is where you park your car right mm-hmm. down to like basically the parking spot it knows you put it in the brake you go and then you can come back to it um and i like those features though of carplay so if for me personally, if the others didn't have that feature, so again, I don't know the answer, so this might be out the window mm-hmm. completely, but if they don't have features like that, then I would I would probably still use Apple Maps, though, just mm-hmm. because I liked a couple things like that. Me not being a regular driver, I don't care about all the bells and whistles, but things like where I parked my car was super handy, and I can just open up Maps, see where it is, and go. Right, and we should also say like where these two platforms really differentiate themselves is in the quality of the mapping information, which mm. if you live in a major city like Toronto, those those are not at issue, right? Like mm. Because it's That's a major fair. metropolitan area. So in most cases, Apple Maps is probably good enough mm-hmm. to very yeah. good. It's when you get out to other parts of the uh, province where... Mm like really the investment that Google has made into mapping everything and creating street view of everything and logging all this information. That's where like it pays dividends to use Google maps. And that's fair. A good good example of that is, is like my parents live roughly two and a half hours out of Toronto in a somewhat rural community. Um, One time I tried to use Apple maps to get there and it works, but it like, the route that it took me on hmm. um, was very strange. There's no traffic data back then. I'm not sure if there is now. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't anywhere near what Google Maps is capable of. And then Waze is even, because it's crowdsourced, like all the information that's, that's in there, Yeah. Um, whether it's uh, like potholes or cars on the side of the road or whatever, that's all based on the community. So it's even like more capable than what Google Maps can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Big improvement for Pat, uh, ARKit 2. Uh, I'm sure you were beaming when they did that Lego demo. So why don't you take us through ARKit 2, <laughs> Pat, and the amazing... I have to say that I don't. if you haven't been on Mobile Syrup, there's this amazing gif of Pat doing the slingshot demo. Um, and just the smile on his face is... like It tells you everything you need to know about ARKit 2. It's my new phone background, actually. <laughs> I'm not sure. The best part of that demo was like that poor dude had the lead journalist win all day. <laughs> and he was like trying to hype it up like I was good at it. And I like talked to him after and I'm like, dude, I had no idea what I was doing. I know that you weren't trying. He's like, yeah, man, I know. I'm just trying to let you win because that's what they told me. Oh. <laughs> it was, that part was really funny. Plus, um, he knows he's going to be in all these gifts everywhere, too. Yeah. He's like, oh, man, I got to look yeah. very excited. Yeah. 
the game itself was was really cool. Um, uh, I had a great time playing it. I know that Apple's made all these technical improvements to ARKit too, but the biggest thing for me is being able to play in a persistent space with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now AR and mobile AR in general, like both Google and Apple are banking on it as the future of uh, mobile apps, right? But you haven't really seen that Pokemon Go of, of this of, of that technology, even though Pokemon Go kind of uses AR. And, and I think to an extent, maybe including like cooperative multiplayer, that sort of social aspect to it, could convince some people um, to pick it up and, and give it a shot, uh, even though it might be a little strange and intimidating at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the one thing worth noting, too, is that this slingshot demo, despite being really cool, it's not going to be released to the public, which was <laughs> uh, pretty pretty um, uh, depressing to hear. It was just a, a demo to show developers what ARKit 2 is capable of. Uh. Um, and then the Lego demo, I didn't get the chance to see. It was in Apple's uh, sort of hands-on space, but I didn't have time to check it out. Um, but it, it seemed really cool, too. It was kind of this new take on Toys to Life because it was utilizing the actual uh, physical Lego in the real world that was sitting on the table and kind of augmenting it with uh, different forms of AR. Um, and I think that's definitely an interesting direction to take AR into. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, if I can ask, you know, I think with Google and AR, I think the path to monetization or what they're going to do with this is very like straightforward, right? It's, we saw it at Google IO where it's like, here you are, like you're navigating through, uh, street view and there's this like Fox jumping. Right. And Mm. it's really easy to see with Google, like, oh, we're just going to put plaster a bunch of AR ads Mm. while you're navigating this mall or like downtown Toronto with Apple. It's to me, it's not so clear. Is it just we're going to sell more devices? Yeah, I mean that's a big play yeah. for Apple to begin with. Like yeah. you know, they're in the business of selling hardware, so they want to make their software really good to push mm-hmm. those units. That's why they're always big on privacy. We're not here to sell your data. We're mm-hmm. we just want you to trust us to move devices. And I I think for me the big takeaway of AR Kit, even though the Lego demo and everything was fine, or was great. Sorry. Um, the USDZ file format. So mm-hmm. it's like a WYSIWYG editor that they worked with with Pixar actually to make it very easy to export objects from like Photoshop or, or whatever. And it's just this compressed file, like a zip file. So kind of like you've got your JPEGs, you've got this, mm-hmm. you've got your USDZ. So now you can easily drop in like high resolution, great textures, shading, geometry, all that stuff, and easily throw it into AR. Um I think that to me was like the biggest thing about ARKit was this new file format that they've created and it's mm-hmm. going to work with it. And and so, yes, it's not, I think it just plays into the whole idea of that we can make the devices more useful, easier to use, mm-hmm. you get more out of it and then you'll push more devices. But the nice thing with that file format too is like, you know, rising tide floats all boats. It's just going to make mm-hmm. AR better. And I, even though that, yes, that kind of sounds a bit lip servicey or, or whatever, but you do kind of get that vibe that Apple kind of believes that sort of thing. If if AR gets better, everyone wins kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and then if we can make it the strongest on our device, then that's going to move more units. Um, Great answer. Finally, last but not least, and there's a reason I saved it for last because I think there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, that's screen time. Um. Apple, like Google, is adding a digital well-being component to uh uh, iOS 12. 
Um, I think it's fair to say it's less paternalistic than uh, Google's variant on it, which is like, we're going to gray out your all these apps. You can't use them unless you go back uh, into the settings. We're going to shame you in the process. Um, thoughts on, I mean, just all of this in general, like this whole digital well-being, time well spent, all these initiatives. I mean, I, I think there's, it, it's, it, it's interesting because like Apple obviously wants people to use their phones, right? Like they're in the mm-hmm. business of selling phones. Their partners, uh, like third-party app developers, some of them monetize their apps basically on screen time and how frequently people are using them. So, I mean, this is a bit of a PR play, I think, based on the um, the controversy surrounding the battery problems um, and how Apple handled that not too great in the beginning. It's kind of like, hey, we care about our consumers. Um, we want them to be healthy. We hear the criticism about... Uh, people spending too much time on their phones. It's also catching up with Google, possibly to an extent too. Who knows who is working on this feature first because Android P is going to have similar functionality. Um, but even with all that said, like these are still good things for um, iOS users, and it's not like you have to use them. So mm-hmm. they, they have like a bit of a, a PR angle there, but also they're still good features that can help people uh, healthier so i mean there's two sides to it really for me josh do you think it's it's very interesting to me that both their approaches to this has been to single out third-party apps specifically and then to not only do that but then to introduce this at their developer conferences right where the audience are developers right Mm -hmm. like this is you know the revolutionary thing that apple introduced was not the iphone it was the app store right um and Mm -hmm. then to go back on that golden goose just kind of it's a very interesting to kind of watch that progression for the company yeah and obviously there's like a there is a juxtaposition there and there is that feel of you know you're at the developers conference announcing new features that you want to use on your phone but then at the same time you're telling us to use it less and Mm -hmm. so i can i can realize why at the top level that there seems to be a bit of a disconnect um the, the vibe that I got, and, and you know, because I was in a briefing when Google announced their um, family link one, where you know, mm-hmm. it's for the family focus, and it has, this has a lot of the similar features. And um, it, it's kind of like, uh, to me, I don't see the disconnect. And, and mm-hmm. the, the reason why is like, yes, they, they're trying to encourage with, with everyone else, Google, Samsung, whoever, to, to, to be responsible, use your phone the right times, like good balance and everything. Mm-hmm. However, when you're here using our device, we're going to make sure it's fun. It's got these cool features and so on. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, there's these new features that are announced um, that maybe you want, makes you want to use it more, but they're kind of saying like, make sure you mo- you moderate it. Um, that being said, like to me, I think it's very cool. So like, so for example, like if you have a, a like a meeting with a friend, you're a catch-up meeting, mm-hmm. and then it's going to now, or it can, say like, hey, this appointment you have coming up looks important, looks personal. Do you want to put your phone on Do Not Disturb just so while you're having this meeting, you're not distracted by notifications? Even little mm-hmm. things like that, which I think is super cool. So it's not even about, you know, just put your, like, just stop using your phone. It's just saying, hey, we recognize you have, like, a catch-up with a friend because you called mm-hmm. it catch-up with friend. And now it's telling you maybe turn off notifications for now, and then all of that stuff's going to be there when you get back. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. So I don't know if that answers your question, but but to me, like I can understand why on the, the surface it looks like there's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. But I think their argument is just you know 
be responsible. However, while you're here, we've got all these new features for you to play hmm. with. Yeah, when I when I asked about this um, in briefings, because my my stance that like it's somewhat of a PR move is kind of controversial, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, they they the answer made sense to me. It was um, uh, kind of like them explaining that uh, more that isn't necessarily better. They want people to be using their devices um, in a way that makes sense mm. and not just constantly on them. So, I, I mean, I, I totally mm. totally see that side of it, that side of it too. Yeah, and there's also no world in which m- most of us are going to abandon our smartphones, right? Mm. They're far too useful. Mm. Yeah. So, you using it marginally less, whether it's 10 or 15%, you're still using your smartphone at the end yeah. of the day. You're still buying a new yeah. one every couple of years. Hmm. And like I was saying before, like even even though there is, I think underlying motivations behind this. It, at the end, at the end of the day, it's still good for consumers, and it's good for them to have that information, mm-hmm. um, and then they can make informed decisions about what they want to do with their device. So, uh, yeah. And and I think too, like if we're really pulling it back, you know, there's because there's for every study that's saying, you know, everyone's more addicted to smartphone, we need less screen time. There's other studies saying, well, yes, teenagers might be on their smartphone more, but now there's like, you know, and I was just reading something like less bullying or less, you know, binge drinking and stuff. So so maybe the question is almost so much like, are smartphones becoming addictive? Is one, mm-hmm. or is it that you know? teens, young people, whatever, they just need that escape uh, from reality or whatever. And before they were doing other things. And now there's this big cultural shift that we have smartphones with these screens that, yes, have their addictive tendencies, uh, but that's now their escape instead of some of the other things. So if they weren't doing this, they might be doing mm-hmm. other things. And and I've been kind of going back and forth reading these, and it's kind of like for each study, there's the the opposite side. So so I think the underlying theme, kind of like with CarPlay, is like now the the choice is up to the user, and I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the the move here. It's like okay, we're we're not trying to say shame on you, but it's like if you want some control, you want some help, mm-hmm. like it's here for you. Um, Robin, our lovely producer, is Rob uh, is uh, gesturing at me to start wrapping things up. Shout out! Um, I'll quickly just say. Uh, the I think the biggest feature coming is uh, group notifications. Mm. Finally, mm. Um, uh, on that note, uh, any other features you guys wanted to shout out? Uh, I was going to mention group notifications because, like, <laughs> about, I don't understand why it's taking so long. Did they um, did they say anything about it? I I asked I asked why now, um, mm-hmm. and the answer that I got was. Uh, that it just fits. It's something that they wanted to do for a while. Um, and it just kept getting like sort of pushed back. And now it fits in with the set of features that they're launching alongside it with iOS 12. So now was the perfect time was, was pretty much the only, the only thing that I could get. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, all right. Uh, that's iOS 12 in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Um, one last question, Josh, if I could ask you and Pat, you can chime in, of course. (laughs) Why is dark mode coming only to Mac OS and not to <laughs> iOS 12? This is the burning question I want to ask Tim Cook. I know. It, the, I mean, historically, what we kind of always see Apple do is like they, they try it on what plat, one platform, yeah. then they bring it to others. Uh, like me speculating, I'm sure it's probably coming to iOS in a, a future update. It's kind of like mm-hmm. 
this was over on Mac. Now we're bringing it over here. So I'm, I'm sure we'll see that. Um, that said, I am totally on board. That was the first thing. Once I saw that, I'm like, this is what I'm doing. First thing, turning it on. Mm-hmm. Um, because when with apps, you know, Twitter and other things, if there's a dark mode, I use it. Yes. Yeah. No question. So the fact that now the whole operating system is dark mode is just super cool. And I know it's lame. I know it's literally cosmetic. Uh, but that's just the kind of guy I am. And I'm all about the superficial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Pat, shout outs? Uh, sure. I, I have not read any news not, that is not Apple related this week. So um, I do have a shout out, though. And it's not Switch related. Whoa. I'd Whoa. like to send my shout out out to a game called Moonlighter um, mm. from a developer called Digital Sun. It's kind of this game that's a combination of Harvest Moon and Zelda where you run a store during the day. You like sell items to adventurers um, and then at night you like go dungeon crawling. Um, and it's just, I, I've been playing it for a couple hours now and it's just this weird mix that kind of like it's the, the Harvest Moon itch, but also is a little more action-oriented, so it's kept me engaged. Um, but to take it back to the Switch, it is coming to the Switch at some point soon. Uh, right now it's on PS4, Xbox One, uh, Steam, um, and, that's, and that's it, but it is coming to the Switch eventually. Hmm. Josh? Uh, honestly, and this totally not planned or anything, but my mm-hmm. shout-out is to the Nintendo Switch, because for a while I came off that... that not mm-hmm. the bandwagon, but I just, shout out. I just didn't have time to play it at all. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the last couple of weeks, actually, I've been messaging Patrick about, like, oh, any good recommendations? Because I'm just, like, playing. I just love the Switch. It's the video game console I've kind of always wanted. And now the best part is that I've been out for so long that all the games mm-hmm. I haven't played are now on sale. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, give me all the Switch games. So I'm just, like hopping in and out and trying things and mm-hmm. yeah so that I means the nintendo switch is the is my main shout out and then my other piece of technology shout out is to the fan in my condo because my air conditioning is not playing nice mm-hmm. and i am a oh, freelancer yeah. who works from home so that fan has saved me these last couple of weeks so and i haven't been on this podcast in a while so shout out to my fa- much shout out to my number one fan in my condo that's awesome Wow. Uh, I don't know if we've had a great shout out like that in a while. <laughs> I, we're holding microphones right now and I'm really trying not to just drop it. Yeah. But yeah, I know I'm gonna, Robin's going to yell at me if I do. So yeah. just pretend that I did and, and I'll just walk away Robin, in the sunset. Add a sound effect. Try <laughs> um, where do I go from here? Like, I was like. Just, also, shout out to the spider I've been watching climbing on the wall. It disappeared dear though. God, but anyway. A spider in this. Yeah. He's the number two fan. <laughs> number two fan. He's the number two fan. He's been waiting. I'm really hoping I'm going to be Spider-Man after this. Uh, my shout out goes to you, Patrick, for doing the trek to San Jose, putting in the long hours. Uh, we've all been here in that room. It is <laughs> a tough, is, uh, whether it's Dub Dub or any other event, uh, these events are always tough to challenge. It is exhilarating at the same time, but by the end, you're just like, I just want to sleep <laughs> thank you thank you very much I, I appreciate the shout out that's that's what i'm gonna do as soon as i, I get off this this the podcast i'm gonna go back to sleep so i didn't get home until like four in the morning yesterday uh on that note good night to you pat uh good night perhaps to ontario i'm looking at a tweet from naomi klein and they got some poll and it's like uh pc majority so 
if yeah, you're cheering for the PCs, yeah. great for you. That, but, however, that just should be noted. I'm pretty sure like that poll is um, would be before election day because I thought I could be mm-hmm. wrong. But I think it's isn't it legal to do polling on election day. I don't know. Maybe not. Exit, like, polling, exit polling. I guess. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. guess so. Yeah. Yeah, that must be it. I don't uh, know. I'm not a political also, reporter. I'm not even. I I'm barely a reporter. I'm yeah, just here because all I like microphones. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, by the time this uh this podcast gets posted, all of this will be have been said and done. But I'm gonna just shoot a thing to the past, which is just go out and vote. <laughs> Whether it's this election vote. or the next one, or like the one in a hundred years, just go out and vote. Yeah. Uh, on that note, thank you so much for listening, Josh. Thank you so much for coming on to the pod. Anytime. Always a pleasure having you. Uh, Patrick, thank you so much for waking up and calling. No uh, problem. If you, where can everyone find you too? You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke um, and then on themobilesyrups.com. <laughs> Josh. Mine is just at Josh McConnell. It's two C's, two N's, two L's. Uh, there very rarely is anything exciting on that Twitter account or technology related, but shout it's out pizza. to there's lots of pizza yes. and lots of just random stuff. As I'm running through the six with my woes, I take photos of things and share it. Also, I just want to point out if you're going to Josh's Twitter account to complain about Mitch McConnell and what he's doing, <laughs> yeah. he is not related. No, I get many tweets about that though. Very angry Americans. Mm-hmm. Apparently I'm an old guy. Apparently. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I'm at Igor Bonifacic. Mobile Syrup is at Mobile Syrup on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on next week. Dub dub. Dub dub. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 